On January 9th, 2009, five college students left New York City for a weekend in the country. 48 hours, all five students have simply vanished without a trace. There were no leads and no evidence until now. That is the summary for Evil Things. This week's pick by my beautiful wife and co-host, Devin. Let's give her a round of applause, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome us back. We're back, I guess. It feels like it's been a long time. Oh, well, it has. Not for everyone else, but for us, it has been. We are now so far behind in being scheduled out with episodes, but that's okay because I'm not sick. Yay. God, that's been a l- three weeks, I think. Three, four weeks? 20 days I was uh, sick. Oy. Yeah. Well, you certainly sound a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> so this was my pick. I actually sent Joe a text earlier today, and I was like, hey, can you help me pick my movie for tonight? And I think I described this one. I said, both of the movies I'm thinking of are found footage. One was filmed uh, in the Catskills. It was written in three months, filmed in seven days, and edited within one month. And then the other movie... um, was Lionsgate and had lots of sex. And Mm. I picked this one, (laughs) the first one, not the Lionsgate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Joe and I had vacationed to the Catskills last year. Mm -hmm. And we also saw the Catskills in, uh, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. We're all going to the World's Fair. It was such a long title, I almost forgot (laughs) um, where the words went in that title. Yeah, but we're pretty sure that in the intro of this movie, they're driving on this really windy mountain road, and we're almost 100% sure that's the same road that we took when we went to New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. we basically anywhere we drove that weekend, you had to drive through mountains. And I mean, I know that like kind of all mountains look the same when you're driving through them, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that this was exactly where we were. And I gotta say, like, they were in a snowstorm in the movie, and they were obviously taking it very carefully because it's a mountain pass. Um, But I drove, I was driving us, and it was fall, Mm -hmm. and I think it might have been, like, slightly rainy. Oh, yeah. Um, But it was scary because there was no, like, definitive guardrail. Like, there was a tiny little one, which clearly would not stop a car from, like, (laughs) Right. Yeeting over the side of this cliff. Like, <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, but it was very cool to see, like, a place that we knew in the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you have any housekeeping items before we jump into this? Or do you have your fact? Do you want to go over your fact? I do. This one's just a short one. And it's it's pretty well known, but just in case... Uh, So this week's horror fun fact is Psycho is the first American film to feature a toilet. So weird. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, you wouldn't think, I mean, you know, hindsight's 2020 now, but like, oh, movies have always had like toilets in it, but there had to be a first, you know? Crazy. (laughs) That was also one of the first movies we watched together as a couple i want to say yeah but <laughs> but enough with the uh the fun fact of the week let's jump into this wild ride shall we yes please so like i said this is found footage i came out in 2009 we already said you said the title right evil things okay yeah. great and we found we had watched it on tubi yes it's free fucking love tubi you know when you finish watching something on like Netflix and it has like a rotating ad of you know other shows and movies you can watch? Apparently, you can watch classic Scooby Doo on Tubi. I I honestly really enjoy Scooby Doo. Me too. I I used to watch it a lot on uh, Boomerang when yeah. I was sick. 
from school. I wish being sick as an adult was the same as being sick when you were a kid. I wish I had 20 days of kid sickness. That'd be pretty sweet. I mean, I did play a lot of Hogwarts Legacy, so kind of the same. (laughs) Okay, so we've got a group of five friends. Cassie, Mark, Leo, Tanya, and Miriam. No comment on the name Miriam from you. I'm very surprised. It's an old person name. I don't know what else you expect. It's up there with Gertrude and Ruth and Maud. So we see in the beginning of the movie, there's a kind of title card that says FBI evidence tape. We get like the date of the incident, the date that it was submitted, um, the names of all of the teens who went missing, mm-hmm. teens and our young adults. I don't know. Main complaint came honestly from Tubi for not putting the characters' names in the subtitles because I thought that it was just the beginning of the movie where they were like female and then whatever the line was. Yeah, until we learn the character's name and then it yeah. would say Miriam screams or something. Yeah, right? but it doesn't. It just says female. Yeah, I noticed female, that too. Female. And not female. all the time. Sometimes it would have the person's name in it. Infuriating. Very inconsistent. So Leo just got a new video camera. So he's very excited and he's filming literally everything. When I first learned this information, I thought this camera was like a handheld, you know, like a handheld camcorder or something. Right. No, uh, we see it later on in the movie from like a third party perspective. And it is like a movie camera, like with a boom mic and everything. Oh, yeah. I was very surprised. It seemed like it should have been a little bit more high def, I guess. Like a higher quality for. Yeah, I don't know. But also like later on in the movie, they a VHS comes into play and I. I don't know. I felt like this would have been a little bit more appropriate or felt a little right if it was another, what, like five, ten years before? This type of camera, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just, it felt, I don't know, like the puzzle piece didn't really quite fit. You know what I mean? I've got thoughts. Okay. But let me save them. <laughs> So Miriam is having her 21st birthday. They're going to go party in the Catskills. They all live in Manhattan. A lot of inconsistencies. This is like friends in a lot of ways where it, you're like, what, are, what do they do? What, uh, how, are, how are they sustaining their lives in Manhattan? Because well, I we, think later we learn that Cassie is waitressing mm-hmm. and she's going to school. Right. So I'm assuming their parents are funding this. I would think so, yeah. But it looks like, because Leo, the one with the camera, he gets picked up first in the movie. I think Miriam picks him up. Mm -hmm. He's in like a townhome. I don't know if his parents live there. He's addressing a dog, and he's kind of addressing the dog as if it's his own. Um, Right. I don't know, I feel like... I feel like when you're 21, you feel like you're such an adult, but then like looking back on it, you're really not. Oh, like, absolutely. You're, you're really not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right, though. There's little, there's evidence sprinkled here and there that says their parents have money. I mean, the house that they go to in the Catskills, it's out in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's huge. It's massive. Oh, that's for sure. And They're like Miriam's aunt's house. Upstate I think, right? vacation yeah. home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Miriam picks up all her friends. I think one of them's at the train station. I think that one might have been Tanya. I think so, yeah. Um, Tanya is very carsick. Mm-hmm. Big plot point in the beginning of this movie is Tanya's car sickness. So they're driving on this mountain road, like we talked about before. Um, it's snowing, very precarious guardrails, I guess, will you say? Yeah. There's a van that passes them on this road, um, and they're okay with it. They're like, oh, that guy's kind of a dick, but, you know, we're going slow. We're, we're being careful because it's snowy. Mm-hmm. 
And then it actually slows down in front of them to a stop. Um, and then they're forced to pass it. So, you know, weird because the van just passed them. The van comes up behind them again and then starts honking and then passes their car again. Right. At this point, they're kind of like, this is really weird, but we're just writing it off as some like road rage. And they keep talking about Tanya being so carsick. And she's in the back, like, I don't know, turning green, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. But they're all talking about her like she has some, like, viral illness. <laughs> right. They're like, we gotta, we gotta get her somewhere. She's really sick, guys. We gotta find somewhere to pull off. Like, I thought this was gonna come into play later on in the movie or have a big role into the plot of this movie. Yeah, like she was like sick with some ghost possessing her or something. Or like, some evil thing. She picked up like a ghost illness from the train station and now she's carrying this demon within her and Right. I don't know. Well what what's your first thoughts with the van when you saw it? I mean it's a creepy van. Like obviously it's acting weird. Did you predict what would be involved with this van or whoever's driving it? I mean, I thought that it could go one of two ways. I thought it might be that stereotypical, like the van is actually trying to like warn them or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I thought at first as well. And it kind of reminded me of a couple of movies. So one of Steven Spielberg's first movies, I think maybe his first is called Duel. And it's literally... The whole movie is there's a guy, he's driving on the highway, I think on Route 66. There's this big tanker truck behind him. It's doing the same thing. It tails him, it honks, it flashes its lights, and it pretty much torments him like this. He eventually pulls off into like a diner and he sees the truck in the parking lot but it's in a diner filled with truckers. So he's not sure which one is the driver and it just builds and builds and builds. So it's kind of tormenting him a little bit, uh, but also uh, Jeepers Creepers a little bit. What you don't see, does he have a name in the movie or the creature? Or is it just Jeepers Creepers? Is it the Scarecrow? I don't know. Uh, JC, I'm just going to call him JC. So you don't see JC driving his funky ass like metal truck um but the third and possibly one of my favorites is joyride with paul walker and steve zahn they're oh man it's hard to explain but buddies are going on this hard trip whatever and there's this like trucker that's kind of tormenting them as well it has a really gnarly like pull apart scene i don't know what that torture method is called but your hands and arms are tied to like two different things like horses or whatever and you get pulled apart. They do the same thing with the cars. It's pretty wicked. But I don't know if that was an intentional like little homage to any of those. Um, but I love I love that not knowing. Anyone can be in that van. You don't know what they're doing, whether it's warning them or tormenting them. Right, and we never see the inside of the van either. Correct. Um, and Leo even tries to like zoom in on this person's passenger side window to see mm -hmm. a glimpse of who might be in there. They finally get to a gas station and get Tanya food, I guess. I don't know. They're all like snacking, but I'm like, if she's car sick, wouldn't you not want to eat? Right. You just like want to get some Dramamine or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I honestly don't. I still don't understand why they were all like, they were very motherly about Tanya being car sick. Mm -hmm. Like extremely so. Yeah, I got the feeling that Tanya, this was her first time with the group. Like maybe Miriam was friends with Tanya, but Tanya wasn't friends with like Mark and Cassie. So okay. I, f I feel like I got the sense that this was her first time with the group. Because everyone seemed really, really comfortable with each other, but Tanya kind of seemed like a little bit of an outcast. I thought that might have just been her personality. Like, mm. she just kind of seemed like 
Shy. <laughs> right. So they're at this gas station. They get some road snacks. And the van pulls up to the gas station. Speaking of Scooby-Doo, this thing is like a mystery machine. It is, yeah. Tinted windows, you can't see through it. Yep. It's like blood red. And it just gets gas. It's very innocuous, but they all see it, and they're like, oh, I think that might be that guy from the highway. Or like the mountain road. I don't know if you can call it. A- I guess it is a highway. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all head out to the car, and the van actually follows them out. They don't have any self-service, and they're all kind of freaking out about this van following them. Right. I think Miriam's driving and she like puts on her blinker and then the van puts on its blinker. They're all very hyper aware. I don't know if you ever do this with cars following you. This might be just like because I'm a woman. I don't think that men experience things like this, but like I'm very hypervigilant sometimes about cars like following me. Like, I'm very aware if a car has been following me for, like, a couple miles. Like, not just on a highway, because obviously that's, like, understandable. Yeah. But for, like, a couple turns, like, I'm I'm aware of that. Do yeah. Like I, that? I don't know if this, if that's a guy or gal thing, but I, I don't really, I don't really think about that. I'm going to write that off as male privilege. Check. <laughs> How? <laughs> Because you don't have to worry about shit like that. Uh, maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe it's just me not being observant because I'm not very observant. Although, to be fair, the amount of people who have mistaken you for a ma'am from just seeing the back of your head. Oh, my God. Definitely more than a couple of times. Yeah. And I think it- I think the best was the nurse at the hospital when you had to go to the ER recently. And she came in, and Joe was, like, hopped up on meds, so I don't... Do you remember this? Not really. She came up, and she was like, ma'am, and then she, like, she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, and then, like, just kind of, like, petted your hair and was like, I just saw all this beautiful hair, and I, I just assumed. Uh, and you can see this beautiful hair on Devin's latest Instagram posts. Yeah. Face reveal. It felt like a big deal, but... It should, I mean, I don't know. It shouldn't be, but it felt like a big deal to us. I'm still a mystery, though, until my interview episode, I guess. We're going to show a picture of, like, I don't know, John Malkovich or something. Thank you. (laughs) Not saying you look like John Malkovich, but just the voice does not match the face kind of deal. I have a theory that if I shaved all my hair off, I would look like John Malkovich. Okay, so everybody in the van, not the van, everybody in the car is quaking in their boots about this van following them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miriam puts on her turn signal, the van puts on the turn signal, um, but the van doesn't actually turn, so it just drives on by. And Cassie, who is clearly terrified of this van, like, you know, stalking them, was like, see guys, see I told you it wasn't the same van. <laughs> like really overcorrecting herself there. Cassie and Mark are dating. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet, uh, but I think they are the only couple on yeah. this trip. Yep. So can I mention two things here? One is I think right after this, they get lost or Miriam doesn't really recognize where they are and they pull out a map not on their phone, a printed out, or maybe not a printed out, but just like a, a physical map. I feel like we are far enough in Earth's timeline <laughs> where I can remember like going on road trips with my grandparents and right in the side pocket of the door, boom, map, not one, not two, but three maps, and one of them is a printed out map quest map to make sure that the official map that we <laughs> bought was correct. Uh, but it's funny, and it, it it helps that they're in the mountains. There's no there's no cell service. Yeah, I mean it's 2009, so I think that was still map quest days. I don't. I guess I, I don't know. That was when I so that was when I started high school. I'm gonna say yeah. I feel like my dad, I mean, we were, 
we were never like a tech savvy household. Like we never got like my parents weren't like BlackBerry people, you know, like. Right. They're both skilled workers. They're not like techies, I guess. Um, so we kind of joined in. I don't know if I want to say like tech revolution, but like we were we were the latest household mm -hmm. to join in everything. Right? right. Like, yeah, I know like my aunt had like a Blackberry and like my cousins had cell phones like way before we did. They had the Internet before we did. We had to walk over to their house, print out the MapQuest instructions on their computer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I feel like using a map is like when you're watching a movie. And you see like sailors using like a sextant to like use the stars to guide their way. I feel like it's a whole different lifetime ago. Right. It's so with a physical archaic. map. Oh, and then, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I didn't know if it was Tubi or the actual movie, but it felt like every two minutes the movie would lag a little bit. And weirdly, it only felt like that in the beginning. Like, I didn't notice it once we got a little bit into the movie. Yeah, I think it was way more far and few between as the movie progressed. But the beginning, I, it kept taking me out of the movie. I was like, I was getting really frustrated. I wasn't sure if it was part of the movie or not. I think it was intentional. Okay. Because I didn't see any other lagging. Not later on, no. As in, like, our personal network. Right. All right, so they find a diner. They're going to hit up a diner, get some dinner before they go to this house. They're all eating. Uh, Mark has broiled cod. And Cassie has a veggie burger. This is as extensive as my notes go, people. All right? <laughs> Buckle up. Mr. Van Guy is back. He's kind of like slowly inching his way across the parking lot of the diner and mark stands up like a big boy and he's like i'm gonna go talk to this guy and everybody's like oh my god no mark sit down um but he goes outside and he goes up to knock on the window of the van and then he comes back and i think it cuts to them in the car like they all leave the diner and no one's saying a word and Leo's got the camera pointed in everyone's faces, but everyone is silent. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Mark, what did that guy say at the van? And Mark won't answer him. Yeah. Tanya is still mega carsick, which it seems like the diner would have just made that worse. I don't know. A veggie burger from a diner in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. That was Cassie that got the veggie burger. Oh, that's okay. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I would trust a veggie burger more than I would trust broiled cod uh, at a yeah. diner. Hey, like veggie burgers are like patties. They just like throw in the grill, you know? Yeah, that's true. So Miriam gets a little lost, but Cassie saves the day with her map skills, like Joe said. <laughs> um, and then someone in the back seat, th they're pulling up on the house, right? I believe Miriam's aunt's house. Yes. Yep. Um, but someone in the back seat, one of the girls, says, I'm about to make urine out of my special parts. Yeah. That... <laughs> I, <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> uh, this group of friends, I think we can talk about this now. This group mm -hmm. of friends is just so unique. Yeah. Like, I would not the peg them together. Same. But I have this theory. So Miriam says um, when she's introducing them to her aunt later on that they all met in high school. And I have this theory that they were all like theater kids. Do you see that? I totally can. Like they are yeah. weird theater kids. Yeah. Yeah. Leo would be like the techie. Um, Which. So I was going to bring that up because you mentioned like the video camera being kind of out of place. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if my theory is right, it makes so much sense. Miriam definitely seems like... She's a drama girl. Oh, yeah. So she still has braces, by the way, at 21. Nerd. I had braces two years <laughs> ago, so I'm just making fun of myself here. I'm not making fun of people with braces. If you have braces, I love you. Um, 
<laughs> so she still has braces. Her outfits are like, honestly, there's a scene in a little bit where I wrote in my notes, why does this look like me at 14? <laughs> why? Was it the purple scarf? The purple glittery no, scarf? No, she's got like, sh- her makeup is still on, which by the way, it's like blue, blue mm. smoky eye. She's got her braces, the black eyeliner, and then she like throws on like a like a hoodie over her like dress outfit. I don't I don't know. That it just screams like 13 years old at a sleepover. Right. Like none of these kids seem like they're 21. And that's why I keep saying kids cuz they're not adults at all yet. Yeah, pretty much. But to be honest, for me, it made it feel so realistic. Oh yeah. It's it's weird so I can both see them not like seeing them in the wild as friends together, but the way that they interact with each other in the movie, there's definitely some chemistry there and it adds that authenticity to seeing them. Like it literally feels like I'm just like viewing in on another person's like life. Right. Yeah. And you know, this took place like when we were in the middle of high school and I feel like this was very how not necessarily we would act, but just the stupid little shit that we would do with our friends, like staying over at someone's house. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I know, like get this notion of 21 years old out of here because yeah. these are high schoolers like we I mean, I don't know if we're like super cool or anything, but like we wouldn't throw or go to like huge massive parties or raves we would fuck around at the dining room table and like have some food and like i don't know play cards and video games and joke around and yeah fart in front of the fire and <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it, it felt real yeah yeah so they get to miriam's aunt's house and all the lights are not working in the house so they start looking for a fuse and they see a car in the distance and it's the van. They hide, but honestly, they don't hide very fast. And I think they all have flashlights and no one turns off their flashlight. <laughs> and there's no curtains in this house at all. Um, yeah, I, I noticed that too. I realized this later on in the, in the film, but literally mm-hmm. just every window is open, wide open. Um, there's knocking on the front door. And obviously you think that it's like the person from the van. So they're all just kind of frozen and they hear the knock again. Um, But then a woman calls out for Miriam and it's her aunt. So Aunt Gail comes in. She gets the power turned on. Miriam asks everyone to keep the van on the DL because her aunt is very overprotective. Um, And Aunt Gail shakes everyone's hand like a damn president before (laughs) she leaves. Um, You know, I knew... Just from the very intro of like the names and the missing persons and stuff, I obviously knew that bad stuff was going to happen to our theater club here. But I just kept thinking, oh, yeah, let's not tell Aunt Gail all the weird shit just in case if we go missing, there'll be some kind of lead. Right. You know? Yeah. Next up is the scene with Miriam. Uh, the crew surprises her with a birthday cake with some trick candles. And this is the scene uh, that looks like me when I was 13 years old. <laughs> Have you ever had trick candles? I don't think so. No, 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 I, I didn't. I had them one time and they were really easy to blow out. Yeah, but they'll just come back, right? No. Like oh, you they... mean like completely? Yeah, like I just blew them out. Like, they were kind of like regular candles. Maybe that was the trick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I picture you, like, dusting off your shoulders. You're like, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I blew him out in the first try. An overachiever in every sense of the word. <laughs> so they all get drunk and eat some snacks. Um, and this is where I feel like it honestly does seem like a home video. Like, they're all just kind of goofing around. Mm-hmm. My man Mark went from a broiled cod at a diner to a Marie Callender's chicken pot pie. He's all over the place. He needs to settle down. 
He had <laughs> settled down. He had a second dinner of a Marie Callender's Popeye. They're good. No judgment. Yeah, they yeah. are good. <laughs> the next morning, uh, the ladies sneak up on Leo taking a bubble bath, which was very cute, honestly. And then they make this like funny little fake cooking video and they call it like cooking with Leo and I don't know, they all make scrambled eggs and mm-hmm. it's honestly just so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, Leo does interviews with everyone um, like office style. So he like pulls them off to the side and interviews them. Um, and he asks everyone about the van, but either the video cuts before they answer or they just ignore him and i couldn't tell what it was yeah uh especially i think it was cassie or tanya Tanya. yeah it was tanya i get those two mixed up she i don't know there's so many different parts of this movie where everybody acts super fucking weird at at certain times in the beginning i was like okay Mark is the odd duck. Maybe he knows something that everyone else doesn't. But now you have Leo asking everyone specifically about the the van. And I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to get into van life. Who knows? But then like Tanya feels like the odd duck. And I, I don't know. I felt like I was like being kept on my toes. Like ready I was the whole movie. I just felt like I was getting ready like for something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few random points. Mark looks like Adam Scott. Cassie's a waitress. Uh, and Tanya does not talk. Uh, she's very shy and quiet until later on. She gets a little vocal, but <laughs> yeah, well, well, sassy. Yeah. They're going to go spelunking, which honestly, all that I could think of was the descent. Like how funny to see this group, this group go full on descent. I okay, audience, come come with me. We're gonna we're gonna come over here. I have a little secret. I thought spelunking was when you go into the water and you put your hand like in the mud and you pull out a fish. Turns out that's not the case. What I was thinking was noodling. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between spelunking and noodling. Uh, both hilarious words. <laughs> but we're we're not gonna tell we're not gonna tell that to Devin. Alright, let's let's get back to the show. Where were you just now? Me? Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh I don't know, lost lost in my thoughts. I certainly wasn't getting words mixed up, that's for sure. Gotcha. Um so they go spelunking. Which they don't actually go to a cave. Um, they just go in the woods. There's snow everywhere. They have a snowball fight. They find this weird skeleton. Maybe they don't know what spelunking is. Ma- maybe not. <laughs> maybe they're thinking of, I don't know, noodling? I don't know. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> they find this skeleton in the snow that is not like any animal I have ever seen. It's, it, a, it's a deer. It didn't look like a deer to me. Oh. It looked like a snake. Well, I mean, it was half buried in the snow. That was like the spine. That's true. I don't know. It looked like as if a snake had a spine. Does snake snakes, snakes have do bones? have spines? Yes. Oh my god! I thought they were like worms. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, that's a little bit worse than thinking spelunking was n- noodling. <laughs> All right, we're going to pretend like I didn't just say that. Don't tell Joe. And they're lost in the woods. Couldn't they just follow their tracks back in the snow? Yes, (laughs) exactly what I was thinking. None of them did that. Nope. They have no cell service, which is a common theme throughout this movie. Mark has a walkie, but he doesn't have the talkie. Hey, hey, look at that. Look nice. At that. Um, yeah, he only has one part of the walkie-talkie. Why would you bring one? Yeah, I don't know. This there, is, there's like, this never is a, a second like a, walkie. Like I said, they're all kids. Like, why are you why do you even have walkie-talkies? I don't know. So, 
They are lost until night. It is now nighttime. Mm-hmm. And they hear something in the woods, and it sounds almost like a woodpecker. That's the only way that I could Kinda, describe it. Yeah, it's really hard to explain. I, f- I feel like if you had... Can you do the noise? Oh, man. Um, it sounded kind of like the... <laughs> it was like... Like that, but different... Pitches. Different pitches. It, it was like if you had um, a whole pile of like wooden tubes but they're all made of different wood and densities and you kind of drop them on top of each other that's what it's it sounded pretty eerie yeah i was like i was like okay shit all right this is stuff's gonna happen (laughs) yeah like those wooden um xylophones maybe oh you know what yeah i used to have a wooden xylophone it's like made of like bamboo yes that's exactly what i'm i'm literally thinking of yours yeah. Yeah. They but. shine their flashlights in the woods to try to find this noise. Um, they don't see anything. Tanya becomes very salty at everyone. Mm-hmm. Miriam's like crying and she's like being a real bitch. It's my birthday and I could cry if I want to. And Tanya's like, all right, shut the fuck up. Well, she didn't want to go out. But yeah, that's Mark true. did I this weird stuff steamroll thing did we talk about oh yeah he like steamrolled over her on the bed yeah which okay this is a g-rated show ladies and gentlemen so tanya's laying on her bed podcast yeah she's laying on her bed where we talk about butthole (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking of meander oh okay thank you there's context yes great you know the context of our podcast (laughs) so (laughs) tanya is laying on her bed and she does not want to go out so Mark is like trying to convince her and he does this thing called steamrolling where he rolls on her. I, I don't know how to make that sound anymore. Like, no, that's literally playful. It was him just being playful, trying to get her to, you know, lighten up and get out. And she did not want to. And it took Miriam to not guilt trip her exactly, but kind well, of Cassie didn't want to go either. Yeah, that's true. I but wouldn't have wanted to go. They all, they all went out. They're lost. It's the middle of the night. They heard bamboo woodpeckers. And then I think the walkie-talkie turns on by itself. Is that what happened? No, they were trying to get cell service for their phones, and then uh, either Leo or Mark says that they're going to try different channels on the walkie. So he was. Well, that was during the day. At this point, he, it's night, and well, they pull it out again. Yeah, he might have left it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Maybe the person who's following them heard that they had a walkie or saw that they had a walkie and they went through the channels to find it. Hmm. Okay. That's what I would do. Anyway, there were like two bleeps on the walkie and then they heard the weird woodpecker noise again and then they all took off screaming. I think they, and then they all kind of regroup and calm down. And they hear the waterfall, which means that the house is nearby. I kind of thought we were going Blair Witch route here and that they were just going to stay in the woods. Me too. Yeah, I thought we were going to just stay stay out here. Um, but they do actually make it back to the house. They left every single light on at this house. And they, they left during the daytime. Every light is on. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish when they were walking up to the house... They're heading towards the front door, and like you said, all the lights were on, so you could see lights upstairs. I thought it would have been a cool little something if someone's shadow just kind of, like, walked right by a window real quick. Yes, I honestly kept looking for, like, things in the corner of the screen. Yeah. um, Because they do linger like mm-hmm. Leo lingers on the shot of the house facade where like all of his friends are going inside and he's just kind of like holding on the house and you can like Joe said you can see all the windows and I was waiting to see like something pop up in another window scour the frame people details but it didn't happen nope they find a wig and Cassie cosplays as Leo's mom and it was the funniest thing <laughs> it was really funny and it was really cute Probably my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I think this was when I figured out my theory of like them all being theater kids. Mm-hmm. Then the house phone rings and it gave me PTSD. It was one of those old phones 
and it had that like announcement where it was like call from private caller <laughs> and i was like oh my god i forgot those were a thing and we didn't personally have one but like i had friends who had those same and that took me back i was like oh my god miriam answers the phone and no one's there it rings again no one's there again I think they're drinking wine, but to be honest, it's, it kind of looks like fruit punch. It looks like high C. It's really, it does. <laughs> it's really vibrant. Like these are children. They're they're not twenty one year olds. There's suddenly a knock at the door while they're eating dinner and drinking their high C. Um, and Mark and Miriam make a move to answer. Miriam peeks out the window, but there's no car out there, and she makes a point to say like. You couldn't just get to this house on foot. Mark asks who's there, um, but no one responds. There's just another knock. But they did leave something on the porch. At this point in the movie, there's like eerie sound effects being added. I'm glad you brought this up. And it pulled me out so bad. Um, Because there's no score. I mean, it's found footage. So there's no score to the rest of the movie. And then all of a sudden... When it starts picking up here towards the end, like there's this like honestly Google like spooky scary horror movie music, yep. and you'll find this very stock audio. So okay, here's my thinking. I love you for bringing this up, by the way, because not a lot of people would would catch on to this. I love you. So found footage will not have score or ambient music because it's. The whole point of it is found footage, like realism. You're not going to find someone's home video with, you know, a score added on. Um, so when I heard that, that's usually what you use in regular movies to, you know. Amp up the tension. Yeah, exactly. So then my next thought went to, okay, in the beginning you get this black screen that says that an anonymous person or this VHS tape was sent to the FBI anonymously. I thought, okay, he recorded everything and then he put spooky shit music on it and then he sent it to the FBI. But that's not the case because the literally the last shot of this movie, spoiler, is this person who's sitting at his battle station, like, what's his face from um, Are You Scared, where he has all these... Yeah, it's like a criminal mind, like, criminal mastermind yeah. setup of, like, five monitors with laptops. And it's it's all different footage of the theater gang. And the ominous noise or the music is on this while we're watching him. So this last part isn't found footage it's it's really <clears throat> yeah <I> bizarre <laughs> um so the package that was left on the doorstep was a vhs they go in and play it extremely loud mm-hmm. but scenic shots of like the mountains and snow and i think everybody can guess where it's going um we see footage of the group of friends at the gas station, and then we see them at the diner when Mark came up to the van. Then we see the house from, like, the outside mm-hmm. and all of them inside. Um, he's filming, like, when Miriam's blowing out the birthday candles and everything. And then we see inside the house at night and a couple of them while they're sleeping. Creepy. It was. All the girls are, like, hysterical, by the way. Like, all the girls are hysterical. The guys are silent until Leo is shown sleeping. (laughs) And then Leo's like, that's me. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful touch. I love that. (laughs) The phone is ringing again. Mark answers it, but no one's there. Oh, also, during one of the takes, it looks like Tanya is actually laughing instead of crying. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering if maybe she just like has that sort of expression. I know some people like just look like that genuinely. Mm-hmm. 
There's also some people, they just laugh when they get scared or nervous. That's true. He tries to call 911 on the house phone, but there's no dial tone, and Cassie says immediately he cut the phone lines. They all get their coats to leave, um, but there's no more car anymore. Surprise, surprise. And the van is in front of them, but it actually doesn't do anything. It just kind of drives by. It's still, like, very innocuous. It's like an ice cream truck. Yeah. The speed of an ice cream truck. Yes, yeah. As if children are at play. Um, again, the eerie music just, like, took me out of it, um, because it's, like, cutting in and out at this point. Mm -hmm. The power suddenly goes out. They're all in the dark. Um, they get flashlights, and they're all tasked with trying to get a signal on their phones with no luck. And Mark is organizing everyone to try their cell phones, and he goes, I can't make all the cell phones turn on. Please, girls, keep trying. <laughs> keep trying your phones. And he's like, You lost your shit at that. Oh my God, I thought it was so funny. Was it just his delivery? Because he's like acting like he's an organizer. He's like, Come on, girls. Jesus Christ, get those phones out. <laughs> Dial those phones to 911. <laughs> he's like a, um, what are they with the telephone like charity events? Oh, like the hosts? Yeah. On the, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> uh it was just so funny he was he was a hoot really miriam finally gets a signal um but the call drops to which i said to joe during the movie um can't you just ping that also when you call 911 please for the love of god the first thing out of your mouth is your address what are they gonna do if someone is screaming over the phone help he's after me please send help they're gonna and ping then the you. call drops they're going to ping you. I don't think it's that easy. Well, now it is. I don't know if it was that easy in 2009. This was decades ago. <laughs> Can't just ping people. How rude. Mark uh, acquires a giant shiv, it looked like. He went into the kitchen and grabbed a knife. I don't That looked like a shiv to me. <laughs> 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 that looked like a makeshift knife. <laughs> um... Something is making a noise in the other room, and Mark goes and um, investigates. He grabs a walkie-talkie, and he's like, where's the other one? And then suddenly the door just shuts, like shuts him in that room. And then he's screaming, mm -hmm. and Cassie's crying. Um, the door creaks open, but we don't actually see Mark. Like, he just kind of stops crying, and then the group goes upstairs and leaves him. Yeah. They don't even stay to investigate. Um, and then while they're on their way upstairs, we see a flashlight at the front door, which leads me to think that there's actually multiple people like in on this van situation because someone would have had to be in the room with Mark to kill him, I'm assuming. Uh, maybe it's not a person because Mark goes into the room. That's true. Well, he, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay all right we'll, we'll get back to this okay okay i agree and i disagree i don't know oh okay um so there's the flashlight at the front door when they're on their way upstairs and the crew minus mark um are in an upstairs bedroom and they can see outside the van slowly going by they make a plan to leave, um, and no one mentions finding Mark. They have forgotten about him. He is long gone. <laughs> Tanya finally takes the camera from Leo after like 20 fucking minutes of arguing with him about it. It went on for way longer than it needed to. Mm -hmm. And there's only like 16 minutes of film left at this point. They creep along the kitchen, um, but all that I can imagine is that Someone is watching all of this from the outside of the house, this house that has no curtains covering any of the windows, and they're just seeing flashlights, like, raving inside, like, going all over the walls, all over the windows, <laughs> and then hearing the fucking, their sneakers squeak on the hardwood floor like it's a basketball game. <laughs> That's all that I'm picturing. Like, they're they're all trying to be insanely you know the, quiet, and it's just like... You know the TikTok sound Yes, bit? that's exactly you know what, what that's I'm thinking. from? No. It's from Scary Movie, 
where Marlon Wayans has the basketball. Oh my god! And yes, he's dribbling. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's from. <laughs> so it is that, and uh-huh. then just like raving with flashlights. <laughs> oh my god! So the camera goes black. There's a lot of screaming, and then we see a camera from inside the van. While Miriam is screaming outside, running like a chicken with its head cut off, and the van parks, and then we just fade to black with this shot of the moon. Um, it's now night vision from inside the house. Um, they're checking underneath all the beds. We see Cassie, and she like pops up from behind the couch, which c- was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And she is like trying to sneak out. And she's like feeling around, like it's clear she cannot see anything at all. Mm-hmm. And this person is just like basically watching her it's while being like two feet away from it's her. It's very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. She finally gets to the front door. I think she tries to open it, but something like pulls it shut. That's what it looked like, yeah. And then we hear the woodpecker noise coming from the camera itself. Or, like, from behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, She turns around and then screams. Then we get the weird criminal mastermind set up with the five monitors and, like, a black silhouette of, like, this person just watching all of this footage. Right. Maybe, potentially, this is, like, supposed to be an FBI investigator. Maybe it's not even supposed to be, like, criminal. Hmm. After that, we see some TV static, and then we're in Manhattan, uh, Central Park, and we're assuming it's the van person. They're filming another group of kids who are filming and vlogging, like, in Central Park. Honestly, it looks like another group of theater kids. And then they're all saying goodbye after the shoot, and this van is following them. Also, apparently, during the end credits... I did not see this because I accidentally clicked out of Tubi before I could see it. Um, There's a sequence of the van targeting the original group. Oh, really? Yeah, like following them up until breaking into the house. Huh. Originally, when we cut back to the city, I thought that was going to be him tailing the people we've been seeing this whole movie. You know? Yeah, I had to take a double look. (laughs) at just doing this really beautiful rendition uh interpretive dance um anyway i i had to do a double take of the group of kids that they were following at the end of the movie because i thought that it was gonna be like you said the original group yeah yeah uh and that is it so i agree and disagree that it could be something supernatural because first of all i don't know a person who can make that noise i don't doubt that a a person could make that noise but Mm -hmm. um it seems like a weird um motif for a killer to take on right well my thing was mark goes into the bathroom turns around i feel like if there was someone there he would have seen it. He them. would have seen it, but he doesn't, and the door slams shut. Hmm. Okay. Um, but also, I don't know if, like, so the movie's called Evil Things. I don't know if that is in reference to stalkers, home invasion people, or weird woodsy woodpecker spirit who closes doors. <laughs> or maybe it's open to interpretation, you know? Hmm. Okay. Now that we're talking about it, I'm kind of feeling like maybe the criminal mastermind setup was the FBI investigator. Hmm. It seemed like kind of a creepy setup for that. Yeah. But. Well, okay. Here, let me. There's not a lot of trivia in here. Let me run through these. Some of these are, are pretty interesting. Hit me. Okay. So you already talked about the timeline of filming and stuff. The illness that Tanya had was real, it wasn't in the script. Oh, no way. So they left it in there. Um, the snow was a all of a sudden snowstorm. They were not expecting that. So they let, they had to use it. They left it in. But the most interesting thing is. 
Maybe that's why they didn't look for their tracks in the snow because it wasn't in the script. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but my favorite is <clears throat> the film was inspired by a real life incident that happened to director Dominic Perez when he was a child. Perez was at a sleepover at a friend's house while his mother was at work and there was a soft knock at the door. They asked who it was, but there was no answer. The peephole was broken, so they couldn't see who it was, uh, but they could see under the door and the person wore black boots. 30 seconds later, the person knocked again, and this went on for 10 minutes. They never opened the door or found out who was on the other side. Dominic's goal with evil things was to take the sheer terror inspired by that real event and recreate it for the characters in the movie. The young characters in evil things dare to open the door and make contact with his, with what is on the other side. Okay. Grade A idea. I love that premise but can we please add some conflict before 15 minutes are left in the movie oh my god nothing evil nothing evil happens until there are 15 minutes left in the movie do you know what that what that does to a human body you're you're on the edge that long and then you just start to like lose it and not really care and then something does happen. You're like, oh, okay. Do you want to know my rating? Yeah. Okay. I have an interesting way of scaling this. Okay. For this time around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the buildup is like an eight and a half, almost nine out of 10. And the orgasm is like a three out of 10. So what's your overall... I don't know. <laughs> no, I on it honestly, like I thought that this was gonna be like shit leveling with everybody. I thought it was gonna be <laughs> awful. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I picked it, because I was like, I wanna watch a bad movie. And <laughs> and I really liked it. I don't know, it was something about like how real it felt. I don't know if it was because I could like see mm-hmm. myself in these right people, but it just felt this was honestly one of the most realistic found footage movies that I've seen that we've watched so far. Like from a human aspect, like how yeah humans interact with like each it other. It didn't and- feel like these people were actors. Like it was so right. cringe at some points that I was like, there's no way that this is acting. This is real life because it's so cringy and I could see it. Right. You know what I mean? So w- if you had to put a number uh, on okay. it. If you want time to think, I can go through mine. Go ahead. Okay. That little rant I just had, it, that was a little uncalled for. So I, I am going to give this one a three out of 10. I did like it more than I thought I was going to like it because in the beginning it gave off a very like, are you scared <laughs> vibe uh, that we watched a couple weeks ago. But the chemistry between the characters and a lot of the acting seemed like very, very genuine. And it kind of gave off like an essence of, um, I feel like there was like a rough script but I felt like the director told the actors just go with stuff and, you know, throw some improv in there and kind of just play off each other. It felt very, very natural, which you don't get a lot of. I think I did read that, that he let them all kind of do whatever. Oh, cool. Okay. That it was like an actor led script. Yeah. And you could, you could feel that you could see that through, through the screen and, uh, it's refreshing. You don't really see that a lot. It's not like super structured and rigid with the script. Um, so that was probably my favorite thing with the movie. Um, I can't really overlook the up until 15 minutes of the movie. I wish all that buildup was in the first act instead of going into the third act. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really was scared, though. Like, I I felt that buildup, like, that mm-hmm. fear. 
Um, and it, I think one of the reasons was because it felt so realistic. Like mm-hmm. I could see getting lost in the woods, in yes. the snow and like hearing a weird noise and then like completely losing your shit. And their reactions like, felt like what yeah, legitimately a genuine reaction yeah. from us um, or, you know, yeah, real humans who are not robots. I also just remembered um, something from my past that I think we'll have to bring up in the interview episode because we're mm-hmm. running a little over on time on this one. Um, but I do have a like stalking story that was quite similar, I think. And that might be, I don't know, bringing up some fear for me. I am thinking of something and I'm wondering if it's what you're talking about you'll have to find out when you interview me (laughs) yeah but that you bring up a really interesting point of um movies affecting different people differently if they have experienced kind of the same the same thing because i i feel like i feel like if everyone goes to see like transformers everyone's pretty much going to have the same starting off point you know, people will enjoy that movie more than others. But then if you get a movie like Captain Phillips, you know, if that captain actually, you know, was watching that movie, he's going to have a way different experience than right. the I average viewer. Right, and there's like self-identifiers in like every movie. And like, and people like to see mm-hmm. themselves, like they like to see themselves represented, whether it's like advertisements or movies or, you know, stories, you know, any of those things. Like I said, that girl looked like me at like 13 and I immediately self-identified with her. Speaking of Miriam, what a shitty birthday. Like, oh my God, the worst. We don't even know what happened to uh, Leo and Tanya. We don't know what happened to any of them. We didn't even see Mark's body. That's true. I think that was another thing that was like kind of refreshing that like. Everything was so ambiguous at the end. Uh, I I feel like it should have just ended before we got that like fucking monitor scene. Yeah, uh, I agree. I didn't even need the scene of the van following the other group of kids. I didn't need that. Um, mm-hmm. but like so refreshing to like not even see like a body, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't think I would agree with you, but I do. <laughs> I do. Okay, so I I'm gonna rate it a seven out of ten. Okay. I feel like I kind of want to give it more. Maybe a seven and a half. Yeah, why not? Add that extra half point there. You got it. And I would rewatch. I stand by my statement. I I wouldn't. I didn't think you would. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm glad you loved it, though. My other movie was a Bigfoot movie, and I was thinking of you because you said one of your favorite cryptids was was Bigfoot. Ooh. So maybe you can pick that one next time. It was a fear of uh, a found footage, scary yeah. movie. <laughs> um. Also, quick shout out here at the end today. Our episode with a uh, horror cafe podcast is airing. So if you would like to go over to horror cafe podcast, you can find us guest spotting, and we are. Um, discussing fear footage. Mm-hmm. That's why I almost I almost said fear footage when I said found footage. Oh, and that was on my mind. So Horror Cafe is um Erica and Jackie. They are a mother daughter team, and they just discuss their favorite movies over um their favorite beverages. Mm-hmm. Go check them out, or go listen to our guest spot. Because honestly, pure footage, very good. It was so good. Very surprised. And I was like, we actually had it on our list before we organized like guest spotting with them. And so like everything just kind of worked out where we watched it. And I was like, man, like what a good movie that we had (laughs) on the list. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had a lot of fun with them and it would mean a lot if you check them out. We are also on Instagram at Partners and Fright Podcast, and we are on Twitter at Fright Partners. And uh, we would be so very grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. 
That would be very helpful to us. And if you have any movies that you guys want to recommend, uh, just reach out. We'll throw it on the list. And Also, don't yell at us if we don't get to your movie right away because I have two. Uh, and I don't know who's picking them. We got to get to them. <laughs> so I apologize. If you are waiting for your movie. <laughs> I, I don't know about this, do I? Uh, I know you know of one of them because I mentioned it on last week's podcast. Ooh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week with Joe's pick. Bye-bye.